Regina and Christine, where we share our stories as women openly and honestly. We believe it's the right journeys, our happy and sad times that connect us as sisters, because we're all perfectly imperfect. Welcome back to another episode of Perfectly Imperfect. I'm Regina. And I am Christine. (laughs) You know it's going to be a good episode when I'm singing my name. Christine, like, never sings in person. (laughs) She only sings on our podcast. It's Regina and Christine. <laughs> I am happy because someone's birthday is coming up. Oh, it's not mine. It's Regina's. <laughs> <laughs> I always love celebrating other people's birthdays. Oh my gosh, me too. But when other people talk about my birthday, I'm very uncomfortable. Oh, really? I love celebrating my birthday too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so what are you going to be doing for your birthday? I wanted to have a small picnic. I don't know. In my mind, I've pictured wine, charcuterie, fruit, and just like my friends and I hanging out at the park and just catching up and like playing games and stuff. Oh my God, so classy. I'm a really classy person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I'm super excited about it. Well, from all of us here at Perfectly Imperfect, which is me (laughs) speaking... (laughs) For, for everyone out there who's listening, happy early birthday, Regina. Thank yeah. you. Yes. So, Christine, do you want to start us off with today's topic? Yeah. So, what a great transition from celebrating <laughs> Regina to today's topic of how to get over an ex. It's like the same thing. It's like the same mood. It's the same feel. So, let's just apply what we're saying now to how to celebrate Regina. <laughs> So getting into it, want to dive into that breakups are so hard. Mm-hmm. And really, how do you even begin to get over someone who is not only just the relationship and the memories that you've built and the happy times and the laughs and the tears, but then it's also saying goodbye to your best friend. How do you move on emotionally and mentally? Because you still have that intimate connection with that person. It's not like once you guys break it off, it's like, okay, goodbye, I can shut the door. And oh my god, I'm so healthy now. It's a whole process and allowing yourself to grieve and really plurge yourself of everything that relationship was and what it meant to you. Mm. How did you feel when you went through your past breakups? In the past, I always walked away first feeling just deflated from everything. I felt emotionally exhausted because if you're already at that point of, I can't do this with you anymore and this Mm -hmm. needs to stop. At that Mm -hmm. point, you're just mixed with so many emotions of, I can't do it, but is this the right choice? It really just shows that you've been through so much with this person that it's obviously a mental struggle. And that's really what going through a breakup is. It's a mental and emotional struggle. I've come to realize that I have to ground myself in reality after a breakup. The sooner the better. Because oftentimes when we miss someone, are we missing that person, him? Or is it the idea of him and who I idealize him to be? Was he even that? Everything that I wanted the relationship to be, was it that? Mm -hmm. And like, could it have been the potential of what you envisioned your future looking like with that person? Right. And all of that gets lost in the haze of it because you're just 
You feel lonely. You feel sad. When you're lonely, especially after going through a breakup, you start seeing all the relationships that are working out. You start seeing all of your friends who do have significant others. And then you just become really hard on yourself, which leads to probably even deeper loneliness and deeper depression. Yeah. And it's also, you confuse the fact that you miss him versus you miss the routine and the comfort of what he provided. You knew what to expect from your day to day with him. For me, it was like, I miss being able to call or text at any time. If I saw something funny or an inside joke we would have, I miss being able to just send it to him or being able to say goodnight at the end of the day. You're making plans with someone. And I realized that my biggest hurdle before was being lonely. Because the idea of being lonely, and not even the idea, but just the feeling of loneliness, like the aching that you feel, is really hard to shake. Looking back now, I dissected that loneliness in terms of being tied to being wanted. Mm. And I was definitely that girl that jumped from guy to guy to guy. I would break up with someone and then get together with someone not too long after. I realized at the time I felt defined by someone chasing me. The idea that someone would want me and crave me and you know, want to be with me gave me more value and made me feel more attractive and just made me feel validated. Yeah, just validated. I mean, to be perfectly honest, I've never had that relationship where I felt that other person that I was with is like my best friend and that I could spend all my time with. And that's still something I'm looking for. But I do completely know that feeling, especially in the landscape of what dating is today, which a lot of it is just online dating, mm -hmm. that how many messages you get or, you know, how many people people want to take you out on a date. It's like that validates what I am worth as a woman. Yeah. Because if I'm wanted, that means I must be a great woman. <laughs> yeah. It makes you feel like you're such a catch and that you mm -hmm. live up to it's that. It's like, oh, wow. Look at me. Yeah. <laughs> because the opposite of that is when you don't get asked out, you get looked over, mm -hmm. you don't feel like anyone wants you. Mm -hmm. And that was what was going on on the inside. But at the time, I didn't understand that. I just felt mm -hmm. I always wanted to be with someone. Mm -hmm. Actually, my dating history is that I started to date guys that were so incompatible with me. It actually, <laughs> became to the point where I was dating guy purely as an activity partner and I told him that I told him that I was like gonna watch movies we're gonna do stuff together but I'm not looking for a relationship this is never gonna be a relationship I said that to him from the beginning it just got to a point where I was like what am I doing because this still comes with emotional baggage mm -hmm. it still comes with all the emotional baggage of a relationship mm -hmm. but this person is just not at all anyone that I want to start a future with mm-hmm why do you think you were so uncomfortable with being alone and the idea of having to just be single? Looking back, I feel like it's because at the time I didn't see being single as being happy. Mm. In my adult life, I was never really single up until my late 20s, mm -hmm. actually, where I took six years to be single to learn to love myself. I did not love myself. Mm. So I hid it behind trying to have other people love me. Mm -hmm. External relationships. Yeah, to prove to myself that I was worth being loved by someone else mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I couldn't fill that void within myself. I would never treat myself well. Because I just thought, you're just not good enough. You're just so worthless. And I just really thought the idea of someone else giving that to me is the only way I would get it. I never thought to myself that I could give it to myself. Growing up, once again, we look towards external things 
and allow them to define us. Allow your relationship status to define you as a human being. Mm -hmm. It's so important for you to be single. Like, I really, really admire that. I think that there are very few women who can really say, like, actually, I know that we kind of touch on your past dating life every once in a while, but really having you say, I was a serial dater and I needed to learn to take that time to myself because I have a couple of friends in mind right now that are serial daters who still to this day have not given them that chance to really learn to love and accept themselves, even though they're quote unquote defined single because they don't have a guy to call their boyfriend. But at the same time, they're putting themselves through these extremely dysfunctional relationships and building a reliance, kind of like what you were saying earlier with your, I just need an activity partner. I wasn't looking for a relationship. I just need an activity partner. But when you start spending that much time with someone, you become dependent on them. They become part of your lives, whether or not you like it. Yeah, because they're filling a need for you, regardless mm-hmm. if it's intimate, regardless if it's a romantic, passionate love affair. They're filling a void for you. Mm-hmm. Did you have a breakup that was particularly hard to get over? <sighs> Yes. Yes, I did. It was with an ex who really, really broke me. And this was after me being single too, where I had learned and embraced the idea that whoever you're dating does not define you. He does not complete you. He's a compliment to you. And only Mm. I can complete myself. And I felt like I walked in with a better understanding of how I wanted to be in a relationship if I were to be in one. Like, I'm not getting into another romantic relationship because I want to be in love with someone else. It's just if it works and it's the right timing, that's good. But I don't need it in my life. Mm -hmm. You'll introduce someone in your life if you see the benefits of growing together with that person. Yeah, it's like if I really find someone special enough that I'm like, yes, I feel like we can invest time and energy and just see where it goes versus Mm -hmm. having the set idea image of someone for the rest of my life and Mm -hmm. approaching it in that Mm -hmm. fantasy fairy tale mentality. So when we broke up, it really shook me because I felt I was very different in this relationship. I really, and not to brag, but I I felt every time we had disagreements, and I really say disagreements, before in the past, I fought. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would be about, I was right, you were wrong. But it became about growing together and helping each other be better for one. Like, I wanted to be better for him and vice versa. And then ultimately be better as a person. So I came with the sense of understanding, a place of love versus fear and trying to control the situation and trying to control him. So when it didn't work out and I thought he was different, it really made me question everything. Mm -hmm. It really made me question me Was it me? Because even when I try something else and I feel like he was different, was it just me? Could I still not make it work? And if it was him and he was as close to someone that I really felt a deep, deep, true connection with, then does someone else out there really exist that... That could compliment you and really like supporting you, someone that you can blossom with as cheesy as that sounds. (laughs) No, that's exactly what it is, where you feel like you can evolve with this person. I really grieved for the death of our relationship what it meant to me what i had thought i'd become i guess just what this whole idea of a romantic relationship in the future meant for me not only just in dating someone but like it questioned marriage the idea of marriage 
how I want to see a partnership with someone. Yeah, it really, really broke me. Mm -hmm. True to form. It's like a six-month hump. (laughs) Six-month process? (laughs) Yeah, because within those six months, I'm completely vulnerable. I actually remember this time. (laughs) I remember wanting to reach out, but also not knowing how... Because, of course, like everybody goes through things differently, right? And some people want the attention, and some people are like, yes, I want people coming into my life and talking to me and telling me that, yeah, you're right. You didn't need him anyway. Some people feed off of that. And then other people are more internal where they're like, just just give me a minute. Give me a moment to process, to be by myself. So what is the first step in your six-month process? (laughs) Of detoxing. (laughs) Of detoxing, Uh, exactly. So I realized for me, that I need to allow myself to grieve. Mm -hmm. I will give myself however long. And of course, it doesn't have to be within the six months, you know? (laughs) It's just however long it takes for you to cry as much as you need, you stay in bed, you mope, you do all the things that people are just like, don't do it, just do it. Mm -hmm. Screw that. Mm -hmm. If you want to stay at home in your pajamas and you want to cry and you want to look at photos of him and do all the things that you shouldn't be doing, allow yourself to do that and get it out of your system then. I agree with that. I think though, for me, I think this is more specifically for the photos though. Like the grieving, yes, grieve, wallow as long as you can. But I like to set a time limit of how much I want to wallow over photos. There's a difference between wallowing over a relationship and then visualizing it. If you're constantly stalking and seeing what they're up to on Instagram or seeing what they posted on Facebook, because it's so easy to get that access to people's lives now, there has to be a time cap because then it can become an obsessive thing while you're trying to let go. Yeah, that's coming up in the next step for me. But Mm -hmm. the point that I wanted to make about that is if you do, which we all end up doing, is that you will click on his profile. You know, you will pull up a photo. My point is don't feel guilty about that at this stage. Mm. Don't obsess about it. Don't, oh my God, who's he dating? Mm -hmm, Who's he mm -hmm, talking to? mm -hmm. Oh my God, he just took this photo with this girl that I don't like how their body language is. Mm. Don't obsess about it. I completely agree. But Mm. if you do slip, don't tear yourself up about Mm. it. Mostly, it's allowing the space to forgive yourself. Don't be so critical of yourself at this point. Mm. Because I feel this stuff is super important because if you stuff those feelings, if you deny it, like, I'm fine, guys. I'm positive now. I'm over it at this point. It's just going to come back and hurt you and haunt you in a future relationship. And then that's where you know fear and building up walls and being selfish will develop at this time and bleed into your future relationships exactly Mm. and i feel like this process Mm -hmm. if you don't do it it's really easy to get in a rebound relationship Mm. or to get back with this person Mm. see i'm learning too (laughs) yeah (laughs) christine dropping knowledge I've been through a lot. (laughs) And then moving on from that is what Regina was saying. For me, this is what I do. Mm -hmm. I do this too. I know it doesn't work for everyone, but I feel like this is necessary. You need to not stay in contact with your ex. Yep. Delete him everywhere. Defriend, unfollow, (laughs) peace out. Boy, bye. Boy, bye. (laughs) (laughs) And if he contacts you, don't answer. Or if you do, set boundaries. (laughs) Tell him, I can't do this with you right now. I need the space. 
please respect it. If he doesn't, delete him. Mm -hmm. Contact with this person for me, it's just this hold that he has on you. It makes the process longer. Yeah. Because when you're finally like, yeah, all right, I have a clear mindset and then you just get like dragged right back in. Because I feel like whatever time period of getting over an ex, Mm -hmm. it's almost like you're in rehab. If at any point of being in rehab, someone sticks drugs in your face, it's that much harder to fight through it because you're still in the process of recovery. You really have to approach it with consistency and determination and just be really strict on yourself. Drill it into your head that you have to stick with this or else... It's so easy to relapse. Are you the same way? Yeah, I am. It's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. If I don't see their stuff anymore or I'm not able to access it as easily, then I won't feel that need to go back to it, to look for comfort in it. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of the same way where I'm like, you know what? It's done. And that chapter of my life is over. We did connect really well. So maybe, maybe, maybe long in the future, maybe we can be friends again or mm-hmm. have a catch up lunch. I'm not against that. But right now, the, the wound essentially is just too fresh yeah. for me to continue being what we were or try to half ass what we were. I just never got the concept of going from a super intimate relationship to a completely platonic friendship. Because it doesn't exist. (laughs) Right after a breakup, especially right after a breakup. Yeah. Yeah. I actually don't keep in touch with any of my exes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm that hardcore about it. Not to say that there's residual feelings. It's just... Well, that's not pretend. Yeah, and that chapter of your life is over. If you're not hardcore about it, the temptation is so real. Yeah. And you can pretend and mask it behind the, oh no, we're just friends. I'm so happy for him. Or No, you're not. It's just like any addiction. Like you need to cut yourself off just cold turkey. Yeah, and just like Regina said, maybe in the future, maybe far along in the future, a big maybe. Mm-hmm. But as of right mm-hmm. now, you don't want to get into the exact same toxic cycle that you just got out of. Mm-hmm. You have to remember, you you guys decided to break up. Even if he broke up with you, it was a decision to not be together anymore, which actually goes into the mm-hmm. next thing. After some time, after steps one and two, you have to be truly honest with yourself and look at the relationship with clear eyes. Because if you don't process all those feelings, if you try to go back and analyze what your relationship was, it's going to be clouded with... You start reminiscing over the what ifs and the could have beens versus what the reality of the situation is. Exactly. The reality of the situation is really asking yourself, what was really compatible between you guys? Because if the whole point was to start a future with each other to grow together and I don't know, maybe you guys want to get married or whatever it was. Why did you guys break up then? Mm -hmm. You have to ask yourself those hard questions. Maybe stuff like you guys fought a lot and you guys never resolved it. Or he hated your friends. You guys wanted different things in life. He was a rebound that lasted too long. Or you were. (laughs) (laughs) Those are really ugly truths to face, but then they will help you see what the situation really was versus you again fantasizing about what you thought it was or what it could have been it's like oh no if he just pivoted a little bit this way and i changed this way for him then we would be perfect 
you have to stop lying to yourself. Mm-hmm. At this point, cut the crap and stop lying to yourself. Yeah, yeah. 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 And yeah, and then you really have to then ask yourself, what is it that you wanted? Did you get it from him? If you were looking for a loving relationship that you guys can grow together, do different activities, mm-hmm. he would introduce you to other things. Did you get that from him? Did you give him what he was looking for? Mm-hmm. Each relationship is a lesson. It's a lesson on what you really are looking for, what complements you well. I think that growing up, especially when we're young, we always have this idea of what our perfect significant other will be. And then as we get older, that either gets crushed (laughs) or it changes. I remember thinking that, oh, I really want someone who's super driven and makes a lot of money. And then I dated that person and I didn't like his way of how he viewed money because he had so much of it. Yeah. He worked in finance, paid $1,300 just for a parking space for his car every month. And I was like, yeah. And then so that made me take a step back and was like, oh, okay. So maybe when I said money, I didn't mean money. I meant like drive or determination and passion. With every person that you date, where you see good and bad, that's when you can also self-reflect and decide what you really want. That is so true. And you get to reprioritize things that were on your like, oh, he must have these 10 qualities. Because mm-hmm. you learn a lot of what you wanted on that list actually means a lot of different things in reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And then you have to learn to date yourself. I think this is a really critical step in the process where you got to start doing all the things that you do with a significant other, but for yourself. So give yourself that attention. Treat yourself well. Treat yourself. Yeah, go pursue a hobby that you've always wanted to pick up. Go watch a movie on your own. Oh my gosh. I remember when I first told Christine, I, I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to go watch a movie by myself. She's like, yes, do it. Do it. It's so, so liberating, right? It's it was like, super liberating. Yeah, I walked out of the theater being like, oh my gosh, I should do this all the time. Why don't I do this all the time? Exactly. Check out that coffee shop you've always been too busy to stop in mm-hmm. buy yourself flowers yeah i think that when i first moved to new york i was always very like oh i really want to go try this restaurant but i need to find someone to go with me yeah, i should yeah. wait and i got sick and tired of waiting and now if i want to go somewhere i'm just gonna go somewhere one of the things that i like to do too when i do decide to go watch a movie i also try to not go on my phone mm-hmm. because if i go somewhere with the sole purpose of going by myself me being on my phone is just distracting me from being alone and being happy alone because then i start looking at instagram then i start texting friends it's enjoying your own company being comfortable Mm -hmm. in your own thoughts that's really the point of this step Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and going off of the treat yourself stuff do something nice for yourself you know what you were saying earlier buy yourself flowers i love buying myself flowers especially now with the warmer weather i'm just gonna be buying myself (laughs) flowers all the time (laughs) yeah yeah you know it's like all the things that you wanted a partner to do for you you can do it on your own yeah which goes into this last step of Mm self-reflection you have to ask yourself what you felt you got from your ex and how he made you feel so for example you felt that your ex praised you when you did well because it's something that you never did for yourself you never congratulated yourself or you Mm -hmm. leaned on him for emotional support because again you're your own worst critic Mm -hmm. these points tell you exactly what void you feel like you need the most in your life 
what you value the most. And the greatest goal is to start giving those things to yourself instead of depending on someone else to give it to you. So you need to start validating and loving yourself as you would desire your partner to. Mm. And allow yourself to love yourself. Mm-hmm. It's just really embracing the fact that you are worthy of being loved. Someone else doesn't have to give that to you in order for you to feel like I am loved mm-hmm. because you can give it to yourself. Yeah, that man, that really hits home because I feel like every single time I do something, I don't see my own value or worth in it. Mm-hmm. Even doing this podcast, some of my friends are always like, wow, how do you have time to do everything? But to me, it seems so nonchalant. But I think this past week I've been looking at it like, yeah, I am doing a lot and then doing it because it means something to me and really giving myself that praise Mm -hmm. and allowing myself to feel that sense of accomplishment. That's when you really start to learn to be proud of what you've done and who you've become. And who you are. You bask in it. Mm -hmm. It's not being arrogant. It's really giving yourself the time to see really how amazing you are because you've done an accomplished so much in your life we just gloss over it as if yeah oh yeah it was supposed to be that way it becomes menial when you've done it there's that one quote where it spoke to me if you wouldn't say that to your friend then don't say it to yourself oh (laughs) that is so true where i'm always so excited and ecstatic for other people and my friends in my life when they do things Mm -hmm. when it comes to me i'm always like meh you could have done better. Oh man, that's, oh, it makes me so mad when you talk about all the panels and the events that you got invited as a guest. I'm like, oh my God, Christine, you're such a badass and you're going out there and you're talking and da da da. And you're like, that was just Saturday night for me. And I'm like, but <laughs> when you're doing it yourself, you're just like, oh yeah, that's a thing that happened that I did. But when other people look at it, And that's why I always think it's really important to surround yourself with friends that inspire you and in turn you inspire them because then it's this constant pool of inspiring one another and supporting one another and really allowing each other to follow their dreams. And you know, that ties in perfectly well with finding your significant other (laughs) because your significant (laughs) other should be actually the one person that does that for you and you do it for that person. Mm -hmm. The other crap around that, it -hmm. shouldn't be that hard. Bring it back to the last step of self-reflection. Finding love isn't the hardest part. The hardest part is learning to love yourself first. Mm. When you do that, that's the only way. I'm going to say that again. That is the only way that you can truly love someone else because if you don't understand what that unconditional love is for yourself then how can you give it to somebody else Mm. if you don't know what it feels like then how can you give that and Mm -hmm. that is when people make the mistake of doing things out of fear control insecurities and projecting that onto their significant other if your significant other is like oh i'm gonna go on and eat with my friends some girls are not okay with that some girls yeah. are like oh my god are you really gonna spend another night away from me we barely see each other as it is or it turns into the so who are you going with mm-hmm. oh who is she or yeah, yeah. Oh, i don't like that friend you know if you, mm-hmm. even if he's a guy it's like i don't mm-hmm. like him why are you hanging out with him mm-hmm. and That is coming out of fear of losing him, of Mm -hmm. feeling like you're not as important to him as he is to you. And how you speak and how you act towards him, it's all being reflected from that. But when you are secure in yourself and you love yourself, where you're like, boy, you're lucky to be with this. (laughs) Because I love being with this. (laughs) Yeah, no, seriously. You doing your own thing does not take away from how I see myself. 
It does not define me as being wanted, attracted. If it really comes to the fact that all these things are taking away his interest from you, then why would you want to be with someone like that anyways? Mm -hmm. So it is looking at it from that perspective of a place of security because you know yourself and you don't need somebody else to let you know who you are. Ultimately, he or she is your ex for a reason. Mm -hmm. There has been a series of events that have led you guys to this decision where you guys just didn't see each other in each other's lives anymore. And that's okay because you were able to take away from this. You were able to learn more about yourself. You were able to learn more about what kind of person you're looking for and what kind of support you need. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And really just have to let him go. Mm -hmm. He fulfilled a purpose and that was that or else You're just beating a dead horse. Mm -hmm. I've had relationships and have seen friends who keep beating that dead horse. Yeah. And you're just like, dude, just let it go. No amount of beating will make it into a vibrant, magnificent (laughs) white horse in him, your knight in shining armor. I think a lot of the time when you're just constantly clinging onto the past and the what ifs and the could have beens, then you lose sight of what your new future is outside of that person at a certain point the biggest thing that you can do for yourself is to be honest and be vulnerable Mm -hmm. and admit the ugly truth because if you really want to be in a better relationship you need to start with yourself but also you need to open up that space for that to happen if you constantly are holding on to something that you know doesn't work out no one knew is going to come in Even if you think you're like, oh, I'm still going out to bars and still on Tinder, an emotional space inside is not open to a new person coming in. Yeah. Taking that first step towards letting go will always be the hardest. And we totally get it. We've been there. But the reward of the person that you become afterwards and what you learn about yourself is so much bigger. Yeah, that's so much bigger. It's so much more powerful. I'm telling you, as an older sister figure... (laughs) Guys come and go all the time. Who you thought you were going to be with for the rest of your life actually usually never ends up being that person. Don't force it. Don't make it your beginning and end. If you find yourself in a difficult time, whether in a relationship or in a breakup, in post-recovery, feel free to email us. Mm -hmm. We were just answering a bunch of emails this past week. You guys are going through so much out there. Yeah. We read every single word. We process every single thought. I was telling Regina that I see so much of myself in your stories. I can relate to it. And as therapeutic as these episodes are, so are your emails to us. So are your stories. Yeah. I feel like there are so many emails that sometimes we just, the minute we read it, we just have to answer right away because it resonated with us so much. Yeah. You know, send us an email at theperfectlyimperfectpodcast at gmail.com. So right now, after this episode ends, go on to our iTunes page, type in Perfectly Imperfect, click our profile, and then rate and leave a review because it helps other people find our podcast. Maybe what we're saying could really resonate with them. And I mean, we love reading your reviews. (laughs) It means so much to us. It really does. So thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode of Perfectly Imperfect. We'll see you guys next week. Boy, bye!